Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show and also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. We do thank AARP Louisiana neighbors to the country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer for being the exclusive sponsors of this radio show to provide you with beneficial information each and every Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn some surprising facts about getting old in America. So stay tuned to the show for some very interesting and beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, July the 31st, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show is not live and has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Now that we have the vaccines for COVID-19, it's going to be up to you to make that decision to get that vaccine in the upcoming weeks and months. Hopefully, these vaccines and other precautions will help get the world back to normal as before. Be sure to pick up the August issue of the Best of Times magazine at one of our 270 distribution locations beginning on August the 1st. Thanks for many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a copy of our publication for a pre-pickup at one of our distribution locations, you can always go to our popular website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazines going back almost four years. In addition, you can view and download our current 2021 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Do do visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for also a listing of events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears, Tending Country, S. Report, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Key. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Caligas, and I thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Miss Ashton Applewhite, internationally known author, speaker, and promoter, and author of a very popular book, and website titled This Chair Rocks, A Manifesto Against Ageism. And it was published March of 2019, and it's, of course, available. I've even placed it on the Best of Times website for you to, to order it, as well as I'm sure it's available definitely on Amazon and other particular areas. So thank you, Ms. Applewhite, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. My pleasure. So 
first of all, there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about, but some of your your reflections on your website is, uh, you know, I'm 71 and I, I agree with like 99.9% of what you've, you're saying on on uh, on your website uh, and and the other information that you say there. So what I want you to help me convey some of those messages to my listeners out there. Most of them are mature individuals throughout the land, throughout my neck of the woods, but throughout the world that might be listening to this show. And I love one of your statements. It says, people are the happiest at the beginnings and the end of their lives. So, so let's elaborate on that comment. Well, it's known as the U-curve of happiness. Uh, my mother-in-law used to always say, that can't be. And I would say, well, <laughs> thank you for disputing one of the best substantiated data points in the entire book. Um, so just Google it. When I first learned that, I was incredibly skeptical. I thought they must have cornered two 80-year-olds and given them a cookie. <laughs> or I thought it must be true if you're wealthy or if you're healthy or if you're not alone. And the curve shows up across cultures, across marital status, across uh, socioeconomic status. It is a function of the way aging itself affects the healthy brain. And, and you're right because when you're when you're a young child, I'm just thinking of my grandchildren, which I get to see their ages between one and a half year old to seven year olds. They're always happy. They have very little worries or little trauma or stress. It's like they're yeah. I mean they're they're so kids, happy. Kids, except when they're not, of course. When life <laughs> is unfair, because that for me was the hardest part of being a kid. I think, but the but kids can only live in the moment, right? They don't have the experience and the cognitive, uh, you know, wherewithal to to do to, to, to worry about the future, right? right. And, and as we get older, we also get better at living in the moment. If you read, uh, you know, advice from older people, it tends to be like, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't, yeah. don't worry so much about the future, about dying. Inhabit the present. And that the present and that is what enables us to enjoy ourselves more and that's something that you know i'm not not saying that older people are childlike but we get better at appreciating the little moments that give life um life its meaning and you know and appreciating our relationship and and i want to mention my parents uh lived to a quite old age but that was my philosophy of my father he was from he was uh, from from Greece and Romania and, and had a lot of family and my mother likewise and but uh, both of them had a philosophy toward the latter parts of life but even before then is is if it's a crisis occurring I mean it, my dad said it's just a bad moment in time we're going to move on we're not going to keep pondering upon the particular bad issue bad situation just just move on. And, you know, right. The Stanford Longevity Center did a study of the pandemic during the pandemic, which, of course, did, um, you know, have a disproportionate effect on older people for reasons that have to do with both biology and right. bias that I'm happy to talk about. But they found that older people displayed more emotional resilience than younger people simply because we've been around more. And, and it, you know, there was so much about it that was nightmarish. But having been around for a while, you're more likely to take faith in the fact that we're likely to get, you know, to, to pass through this to better times. 
uh, the the let's talk about this other topic, which I thought was fascinating because it happened to me several years. I'm 71 now, but when I changed 65, I had some young people that I didn't know that well. But uh, the first comment out of this young man said, he says, are you prepared to go into a nursing home? And I said, yeah. Ex- excuse me, what? what? What are you saying? This? Well, uh, everybody I know of is old. It's going into a nursing home. They're not living at home independently. I said, really? Is that what you think all of us want to strive for, is to go to a nursing home? So I want you to laugh. You, you stated something uh, percentage-wise. You said 2.5% of Americans over 65 live in nursing homes. That is a small percentage. It's very small. It's, it's, it's dropping. It's continuing to drop fast. It's really small. So I'd love to know where that young man is, that everyone he knows is um, ending up in a nursing home. I mean, you know, the, the, the main point here is not, you know, there are, there are legitimate things to worry about and be concerned about and prepare for when it comes to getting older. But our fears are way out of proportion to the reality. You know, no one, no one, most people, you know, ending up in a nursing home is not, not most people's plan A, but the odds of it are much smaller than we think they are. Likewise, um, dementia, you know, fear, fear of losing our cognitive capacity. 20% of the population escapes cognitive decline entirely. Most of us lose some processing and short-term memory, but that's as far as it gets, right? That's as far as it goes. And the fear that if you can't find your glasses, that it means you're coming down with Alzheimer's. That fear makes us more vulnerable to exactly what we fear. Rates of Alzheimer's are dropping. You know, and, and I love that you mentioned that because a lot of put that, Dad, you can't find your keys. You need to go get checked. I said, hey, I said, I told some of my kids when they mentioned that, I said, you know, I, I generally put them in the right place, but maybe somebody picked them up, and that's what happened. They I generally well, put them in a certain place. Your kids ever lost anything? Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good response back to him. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's I mean, a great response. I should go back to I that. I have to say, when I'm I, this is the ages of me, but when I'm with a, you know a young, much younger person who can't remember the name of the movie they saw or whatever, I find myself thinking, you know, reminding myself of the the obvious thing: we forget things all the time. It's a line that I came up with for my TED talk. When I lost the car keys in high school, I didn't call it a junior moment. A ju- oh, that's a good one. Right? A junior moment. No, not a senior moment, a junior moment. I right. love it. Well, I love that, it. N- neither is okay. We shouldn't use either phrase because we, right. we just attach so much more to age than we should. It's real. It's significant. But it has much less of an effect on our life than we think, especially as we age, because the longer we live, the more different from one another we become and the less someone's age tells you about what they're capable of or what they're up to well you are definitely a good promoter of anti-ageism and i hopefully more people out here are gonna gonna listen to this and and join your ranks again her, her the website is called this so again this d-h-i-s chair it's fabulous it's got a lot of great information and stories and she's uh, well-written, well-known, and great speaker. I, I thought one comment you're saying, you told us that uh, the 20th century's astounding leap in life expectancy is a disaster in the making. In the making. Why, why did you say that? I, I don't say that. I disprove that. Okay. Um, I mean, there, there is always a lot of hand-wringing around anything age-related because we live in an ageist 
culture. And an ageist culture is one. Ageism is any judgment about people based on age. It can include too young as well as too old. But in our youth-obsessed society, older people bear the brunt of it. And in a heartless, capitalist society, more marginalized people are often scapegoated. And you see a tremendous amount of, of, of finger-wagging and uh, finger-pointing at this a phrase that crops up as the gray tsunami of all these oh. waves of older people who are poised on the horizon and going to suck everything, all the good stuff out to sea and not leave anything for younger people. And no part of that is true. The tsunami they are referring to is the baby boom, which we have known about ever since all those babies started showing up in the 1950s. So it is not, it's the best studied demographic phenomenon in history. It's not some alarmist thing crashing on a defenseless shore, right? That's and older people contribute enormously to the economy and older people don't take jobs away from younger people. And 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 people rely on each other across ages and across communities, right? It's not true that older people don't care about younger people. And it's not true that younger people don't give a damn what happens to, you know, their their elders and their parents and their neighbors. You know, these are these are myths that pit us against each other in order to maintain existing power structures. That's the overarching purpose of any form of prejudice, and but, ageism is no exception. But have, haven't you seen some of these myths come into reality by some individuals, especially at the workplace? I mean, I, uh, I, I left the workplace many years ago, actually, you know, but I saw it, and I was... I was so mad. You saw what? I saw age discrimination when I was in... Oh, age a, discrimination is very real. And when when I was back in the workforce and I was like uh, in, in my 50s and uh, there were people much, uh, quite a bit older than me in, in the home health care setting where there, there was they were tr- not treated well, and I I I I brought it to my atten- I brought to the attention of some of the people. I said, "Why are you thinking that the individual is is brilliant? Why do you demean her?" And oh, she's just an old fuddy duddy. And you know that's a, that's a bad statement, but uh, it's hateful. It is hateful. Well, that. I, I, and that's I'm sure you've seen that. Why... I've I've seen several of those hateful statements based upon. What? I mean, calling us various names like oh geezer. I mean, I've had individuals. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, and I go out there and hey oh geezer, come over here. I said, excuse me, why are you calling me an oh geezer? <laughs> it said, well, that, yeah. don't all of y'all like to be called that? No. <laughs> That's why we've changed yeah. our our publication. We used to be called seniors, uh, senior, senior news and senior radio show. And we said, no, 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 the best of times. We're going to get rid of that word senior out of there. Mature. I don't like the word senior anyway. Uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll go along with boomer, but I, I still don't think you know. There's senior means in some categories that wow, you're way up there. You're you're like a hundred, and you know that that's. Well, there's nothing wrong with being a hundred. You know, I mean, as long as we are, as long as we shy away from words that that make, as long as we are reinforcing the idea that old equals bad, equals less competent, then we ourselves are being ageist, which we all are. I mean, the reason I do the work I do is because discrimination is out there in the world. It's it's rampant, and we need to do something about it. I mean, you know. We are now a lot more aware, I think, of prejudice on the basis of race and on the basis of gender and sexual orientation than we used to be. 
And, you know, my, my self-appointed mission is to make discrimination on the basis of age every bit as unacceptable and to make making a, you know, insulting you, frankly, on the basis of your age as unacceptable as, um, you know, saying something derogatory on the basis of the color of your skin or who you sleep with or the shape of your body. Well, that, that's important. So, so tell the listeners, let's, let's go on a little retrospect here. How, how did you get involved in this? How did you? You're a writer. I'm a writer. You know, I don't. I do not have a, have a typical career or a snappy answer for that. I started uh, writing and investigating this in my mid fifties, which was fifteen years ago now, um, <laughs> almost, um, because I was afraid of getting old, and I started noodling around and learned within a matter of, of months, if not weeks, the the point you brought up about the percentage of people in nursing homes, the pers- the point about people being happiest at the beginnings and the ends of their lives. So I got a bee in my bonnet about why so few people know these things, which are easy to find and substantiated up the wazoo. And, you know, the, the, the sort of overarching reason is that if aging is framed as a problem, we can be persuaded to buy things to, uh, you know, quote-unquote, fix it or stop it. And it, it, aging isn't a problem. It's this amazing uh, journey that we embark on the, the minute we're born that does, you know, it does involve physical decline, which is not, you know, which is awful, and the death of people we've known all our lives. But those are the only two universal negative aspects of getting older. I would never say they're not real, but we also don't talk about all the positive benefits of aging. I don't know anyone who, despite all of this, actually wants to erase the slate and go back to being young again, even in an ageist culture. You're right about that. Hold that so, thought. Yeah, let's think about that. Yeah. Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. And now, word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A Bears Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, Standing Country Air Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Miss Ashton Applewhite, internationally known author, speaker, and promoter, author of a very popular book and website, This Chair Rocks, a Manifesto Against Ageism. So thank you, Miss Applegate, for joining us here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. You're welcome. Delighted to be here. So, in 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 uh, in in your in your career and doing this, you you saw this happening. Is that why you felt that you should have been a promoter or a spokesperson for something that the media or others were not addressing? I'm sure my I listeners wanted wanted I mean, to, uh, wanted to know that particular aspect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, the the only thing I'm promoting. I mean, it's it's true that my book does cost money, but everything on my website is available for free. Right. Uh, the, what I'm promoting is the idea of a grassroots movement like the women's movement to raise awareness of age bias and mobilize against it the way the women's movement did 
about, you know, to, to achieve, you know, voice and power for women around the world. Yeah. You um, know, it, go ahead. So, you know, I didn't, I mean, I, I was astonished that so few people knew these common things about age and aging, and it feel, felt and, and continues to feel to me like a really important social justice and equity issue, especially when you think about the fact that everywhere on the planet, humans are living for far longer than ever before. And there are challenges to ramping up the support that an older population will uh, will, will require, but there are also enormous opportunities, as you saw in the workforce when you saw older workers being discriminated against. You know, we, we have enormous knowledge, uh, wisdom, and we want to contribute. And age bias robs us of that. It costs... It costs AARP did a study that showed for 2018 that showed that age discrimination in the workplace alone in 2018 alone cost the U.S. GDP over $800 billion. Wow. I mean, this stuff is expensive, it's illegal in the workforce, and it's wrong because it damages our lives, it poisons our sense of our futures, it pits old against young, the costs are tremendous. So I want you to comment. I, I love this statement, which I have, I've seen so often in my few years of being a, in a mature adult right now. I'm going to call myself senior boomer, yes. Is, uh, you know, you have someone that says, oh, you're too old. I mean, you, you're too old to, uh, to ride a jet ski or you're too old to do this. I mean, I've had that so many, so many times that tell us that certain things – um, for example, I know an individual that, that she's in her 70s and she's getting ready. She has a great relationship. Her husband passed away many years ago, and finally she has a relationship, and everybody's telling her, oh, you're too old to do that. You know? Yeah. So comment about who's that. For, who's too old for love? You know, I mean, there, there's there's the underlying point about, oh, I want to make one point for your listeners, which is a sort of very useful all-purpose rejoinder when someone makes an ageist comment, is just say, what do you mean by that? You know, not in a snarky way, but get them to unpack what, why they said it, because that's what you want to get at. There is no such thing as too old for something. You, you, as a kid, you might be too young. You know, there there are things that are not child appropriate, but there is no such thing as age appropriate once we are adults. You might be too out of shape to jet ski. You might be too chicken to jet ski. You might be too smart to jet ski. <laughs> but age is never the reason, right? That's right. And that's what, when you people say, I don't feel old. What we really mean is I don't feel incompetent. I don't feel useless. And I don't feel ugly. I, so a habit... To start with, just a little change to make in your own thinking, which will ripple out in the world, is stop yourself if you find yourself using, when you use the words old or young as an adjective, do you really mean, is it really about age? Because it almost never is. Use the adjective or the state of mind that actually describes how you're feeling. Happy, sexy, creaky, you know, sore. Um, smart, whatever the actual feeling is, which are invariably ways we can feel whether we are, you know, 30 or 90. Wow. That, that, you know, uh, the other thing I want you to, to, to comment on, which I, I have seen that uh, we are tend to be stereotyping, that members, uh, you know, 
say that, um, well, you know, you need to, it, it was done this way, you don't need to, to change it. You're an old person. You might have done it that way, but now we, we don't do it the way now. You know, that, that kind of, are uh, you're not able to do this particular aspect. Well, you know, give me a try. Let, let me try. Don't make a, a assumption, right? A lot of make, they make those assumptions very quickly, right? That we're incompetent, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, because that's the way we've always done it is never a great reason. You know, it show me why this is the best approach and I'm all in. You know, just show me why it won't work and I'm happy to change my planning. But, you know, don't, don't I mean, you don't want to judge an idea by who delivers it and whether or not they're like you or, or, or you know, but you want to judge it by its own quality. So what do you suggest to our listeners out there about if they're, if they're in this scenario or they're challenged? Uh, I mean, your website, by the way, I'm, again, I mentioned it, uh, thischairrocks.com gives a lot of suggestions. And I just want you to cover one of them. You said make awareness, right? The critical point is to yeah. acknowledge our own prejudices about age and aging, right? You know, as the saying goes, all change starts within. Mm-hmm. We are all ageists, no judgment at all, because we grow up in a culture starting with children's books that barrages us with images of older people as, you know, think of a Grandpa Simpson or the placid granny. You know, there are stereotypes. Don't get me started on Disney movies. On, on up <laughs> through the absence of older people in meaningful roles in the movies, in advertising, and so on. So we absorb these ideas largely unconsciously, and they become part of our identity. That's part of, that's called, you know, internalized bias. So if you find yourself like, and we all do this, me too, you know, you get invited to jet ski and you think for a minute, gee, maybe I am too, quote unquote, too old, too old to wear that outfit, too old to go on a dating website. It is your internalized ageism, which again, we all have, that pops up with this negative message. So the most important and hardest uh, step is to look at your own attitudes towards age and aging. And thinking about how you use those words, old and young, is a good starting point, right? right. Because once you see it between your ears, then you start to see it in the culture at large. I mean, my favorite comment on my book is, oh, crap, I had no idea how ageist I was, how I was <laughs> contributing to the problem. I mean, I think an awful lot of, of people are doing this work around racism now. I, I hope they are. And thinking, oh, gee, I had no idea how, how you know, structural racism was baked into so many of our institutions and our language and our habits. That's the way it's been. But it doesn't mean that that's the way it needs to stay. And changing our personal awareness of and complicity in perpetuating bias is, is the hardest part. No one likes to admit that, that we're biased, of course. But the, but the great thing is that the very next thing that happens is very liberating. You're like, oh, it's not just between my ears because it, it lifts the veil. Then you start to see it around you. And you're like, oh, it is a collective issue that we can come together and do something about. And that's really liberating. Well, I want you to comment about you know, the personal awareness, the inner self is about even just a matter of clothing and and uh, hairstyles for ladies and men, et cetera. You know, when they're, when they're getting up there, 
they don't need to look like the great 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 grandfather, right? I, I have people say, "Golly, Gary, that's a nice outfit. Why why are you wearing such a, a fancy outfit?" Going, I said, "Well, I enjoy it. I mean, I, I like yeah, it because up. you like it and you look good. I mean, here's one suggestion, Gary. When yeah. you know when we're talking about older people, you know, you just said you were seventy, I believe. I turned sixty nine on Sunday. Congratulations. Those older people aren't aren't they? We're talking about them. We're talking about us. I mean, think about it. That is another habit that we can work to overcome. All prejudice is based in what sociologists call othering, seeing a group as other than ourselves, other religion, other sports team, other whatever. With ageism, that other is our own future older selves, and it is evident in the reluctance to identify as olders as seniors, as old, but we, it's, but, but, um, but, but as long as we're stuck maintaining, oh, that's not me, that's them, we are in fact reinforcing ageism because the fact is they is us and we is them and there should be no shame in it. Well, here, here's an interesting uh, comment about, I'm going to tell you a lot about me. So I, we recently, my wife and I went on a trip to Cabo and uh, my wife decided with me, I, I, I'm a pretty conservative dresser, and so she decided to buy me a couple of wild-looking bathing suits. And excellent. I, and I like, I really enjoyed. I've never, I've really had some really conservative, you know, one color. But she ended up buying me like, actually there. We were there, went shopping. And Gary, you need to get rid of those old, old things you've been wearing for like 30 years. So I, I changed. I'm telling you. Miss Applewhite, I had people come up to young people that says, God, I love that bathing suit you have. Well, you, you're you looking like a young man now. I said, I appreciate that comment, sweetie. It made my day. I mean, it really, it looked, wow. You know, they well, probably, I congratulate you. I wish I could get my partner out of his boring blue boxers. Here's, <laughs> here's, here's just another little slightly different way to think about it, that they... You know, you're you're not dressing like a young man because you're not a young man. You are dressing like a stylish man. Oh, you are yeah. dressing like it. So that's an example of where we use young to mean sharp dresser or to mean stylish or to mean in the swim. Break the habit. So to be called young is an insult to all the other well-dressed older people all around us, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's break, break that, try and work hard to break that habit. It's hard. These are ways of thinking and talking that we have all grown up with. But, you you know, you, you look like a fabulously stylish and, and, you know, 70-year-old who's enjoying his life. And that's fantastic. But you didn't look young, except sure. in an ageist culture. I, I don't mean to jump on you. No, no, that's in great. An great comment. culture... We see young as a compliment, and the compliment should actually be the behavior or the, the thing itself, whether it's being stylish or being funny or being in the swim, right? Right. That's right. That is definitely right. So uh, we got one more segment after this, but I want you to, to tell our listeners a little bit on, on your suggestions on your activism area regarding uh, anti-ageism. So... We need to watch for these behaviors and attitudes in and around us and challenge them and create a language and models that support every stage of life. Is that, is that what you're advocating? Well, that's what I'm advocating, but, you know, I, I have a very bold agenda. You know, social <laughs> change is slow, and not everyone is an activist or the world would be intolerable. So really my, um, 
you know, my, my ask is just that people think about how they feel about getting older and think about, think about where those attitudes come from and what purpose they serve. You know, reflect how come we never hear any of the positive parts about getting older. How come, I mean, for, for many people, women in particular, we feel liberated. It can be the most powerful um, and pleasurable time of life uh, at all. And when someone says something ageist, I really, really urge you to not just, um, you know, not, not just be quiet, which is, you know, it's, it's hard to speak out, but, you know, wh- um, why, you know, what, what do you mean by that? You know, why aren't you retired? Or, uh, gee, those, you know, that bathing suit, uh, you know, why are you wearing that bathing suit? What do you mean by that? Question. Put the question back in a gentle way on the person who asked it. I mean, I'm about to go in to a store on the, on the main drag where I live in New York City. It happened to be my birthday. And there, and it's a very a neighborhood with tons of young people. And it says in big letters, you know, well, we're, let's get old and we're, I'm going to be your friend until we're old and senile together. <laughs> and that's, I mean, I'm glad you're laughing. I'm, Whoa. You I have a smile on my face. But that's not okay. No, it's not. You wouldn't say, I'm going to be your friend until you stop sleeping with, you know, men or women. (laughs) You're not going to say, I'm going to be your friend until you, like, drop the weight. Or, you know, we don't, we, it is not okay to demean people on the basis of aspects of themselves that they cannot change. And our age is something we cannot change. Even if you just go into the grocery, into the drugstore and turn all those cards around. But I, you know, maybe have a conversation with the manager. You know, it, it takes courage. But if we it don't does. speak out, if we don't speak out, nothing changes. Well, and, and you bring up a point about when somebody, you know, says, well, I'm going to try something new. And you, you show up to, a, let's say, a, a class or a, uh, you've never taken music before and everybody else is really young, but you're the oldest person there. And, and you know, there, there's... You should have learned this back in many days. Well, we can always learn. It doesn't Absolutely. mean that we're 70, we can't learn new stuff, whether it being a piano, yeah, writing a book. So, or playing a, playing a musical instrument. I caught myself thinking, oh, gee, that would be fun if, if I ever have the time, but, you know, am I really capable of learning it? And I thought, of course, I mean, you're not going to play Carnegie Hall. No, but, but it, if you want to do it for the pleasure of it, yeah. I mean, here's another you know, another habit to try breaking. And I hope I don't sound figure waggy because believe me, I catch myself doing and thinking ages things all the time. And I am hard at work on breaking these habits <laughs> myself is when you get to a social event, um, do you make a beeline for people your own age? Interesting point. Because we tend to, but the most important component of a good old age is not how healthy you are or how wealthy you are, both those things. I would have guessed both of those first before I learned more. It is having a solid social network. And one way to make sure that you, uh, you know, we, we can't keep friends who've known all our lives from dying, but if you make new friends, it does two things. It, it keeps your social circle from shrinking the way it does for a lot of older people. And also it is an anti-ageist move in itself. Because when, when younger people have contact with older people, they see, of course, that we are in the world in all kinds of interesting ways and that we're different from each other. Hello. And we are reminded of how hard it is to be young, right? 
So it is really, really important to have friends of all ages. And the one thing to do is just exactly what you mentioned. Think of something you like to do and find a mixed age group to do it with, whether it's singing or hiking or, you know, looking at, uh, you know, uh, going to museums, whatever it happens to be, and resist that impulse, which again, takes courage, but will reward you of not letting that inner doubting voice say, oh, I'll be older, I'll be slower, I'll be, I'll stick out. Be prepared to stick out because of your age, because you'll stick out less than you think you, you will. And there might be somebody who looks askance, but there'll be, you know, there'll be more people there who are like, oh, cool, here's someone who's a little different. I'll go talk to her. Well, you, you don't know me that well, but I tend to go out and share my contacts, and I'm easily meet and greet people of all ages, and I don't discriminate who I go talk with, but sometimes I'm there, and, and I share my experience and, you know, my travels and my work ethic and et cetera, and, and a lot of these younger people, like, are fascinated that... Now, this is the first time that a, one, one told me that a, a person of your age and your experience has really had a conversation with us. Even my father and mother don't tell me about their work work ethic, but you're sharing this. And I, I was there recently, and they were just like at all of various stories I was telling them. And and uh, they were like, God, Gary, that was we got to come back and meet with you, take you out to dinner. There were like four of them. And uh, my wife said, why are you over there with those young people? I said, well, I've never met them before, but they started having an interest in what I'm telling and so we, they kept quizzing me back and forth, and so it was, it made me That's happy. Wonderful, it made me I'm happy. I'm so glad it bears out what I'm saying. You it know, did. So many did. of us default to, you know, think about what what your wife said again, not not to point fingers, but why are you over there with those younger people? What <laughs> I want is a world where if you're out there with the younger people, or the the, the Sagittarians, or the lettuce pickers, or the you know purple people, or the short people, <laughs> or the any people, that it doesn't matter, right? That we uh, live in a world where people are not judged by our appearance. So try, you know. So I, so I urge your listeners to go talk to those young people because odds are, you know, there there might be one person who's snippy. But most people won't even notice or care, and everyone wins because then we form friendships across these apparent divisions. And your age says so little about what you're interested or capable of. That is true. Right? That is young people true. too. We think, oh, those young people, they won't want to talk to, you. they won't be interested, and we won't have anything in common. You know, we no. can be ages towards younger people too, and that's no more excusable and no more true. Some of them will be interesting, and some of them won't. That's Just true. like old people. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana Neighbors, telling Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kalidas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana Neighbors, town and country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Miss Ashton Applewhite, internationally known author, speaker, and promoter, and she's the author of a very popular book and website, This Chair Rocks, a Manifesto Against Ageism. So thank you for joining us today here on The Best of Times Radio Hour. Thanks. My pleasure. Wow, this has been fascinating. Uh, my producer tells me we only have about five minutes left, and I wanted I wanted you to touch 
on an article that you wrote on March the 15th regarding reflections on the plague year from an anti-ageism activist. So give us give us a little snippet of that. I thought that was, well, it was fascinating. Thank you. Um, you know, one thing COVID did that I think is really, uh, you know, at, at an unthinkable human cost was to bring age and aging out of the shadows and into the middle of the room. And as I mentioned, talking about the great tsunami, you know, we have this tendency to just wring our hands and think, oh, anything, you know, to do with aging is going to be sad and depressing and whatever. And it's not like that. The, the narrative around COVID was, oh, the, the pandemic has made ageism worse. It didn't make ageism worse any more than, than it made racism worse. It brought what has always been there out into focus and made us see that we need to do something about it. You know, and, and get, there, there's always two sides of the story. The fact is that older bodies are less resilient. Our lungs are less elastic. Our immune systems don't work as well. And that is why the, there would always be, uh, in any world, the, the proportion of deaths would be higher among older people than younger people but not in these numbers, right? That's where, where ageism kicks in and ableism, prejudice against people with disabilities because the highest death uh, toll was in, um, you know, congregate living facilities, nursing homes, and also among the people who care for people in long-term care facilities, most of whom were are underpaid, um, you know, women of color, essential workers. So we are all bound up in this. And I think what COVID made especially clear to me is not not only the very obvious way, nothing more obvious than a pandemic to show that we are all, um, you know, we all need to contribute to each other's safety and well-being, but also we need to work together against all these forms of prejudice because they all uh, support and, and, and rely on each other. But the flip side of that is that when we chip away at the fear and ignorance, that underlies any prejudice, whether it's ageism or racism, homophobia, you name it, we undermine the structure that supports them all. So everyone gets older. We need a better world for everyone in which to get old. And, and you made a comment that even though the deaths, you know, some of them were, some of them were preventable, even within the nursing home. A lot. Home. And it yes, was sad. So 40%. It was just, you know, that, that is so sad. Of deaths in the U.S., one out of 12 are attributable link, linked to nursing homes. That, that does include carers, right. but, uh, but most of them were, were residents because they were older. But, you know, they, they were unprepared, unwilling, and you, as you mentioned, many other factors. And they were hidden about, from sight. And that brought it up to knowledge, right? This, this, well, this I mean, hated. a society, yeah, a, a world that doesn't value older people also doesn't value the older people who care for us. But, but think about this, you know, it is illegal um, to and, and unthinkable to allocate resources by gender or by race, although it happens because we do not live in a just world, but we're getting there. Allocating resources by age is equally unacceptable, period. I agree. I definitely agree with that. You know, I, w- I was involved many years ago in the home health care industry, and we treated all individuals, all the care, uh, the, the same way, whether they're young, old, whatever. And But I knew of some agencies in other areas that, no, there was some some of uh, non-explicit uh, 
discrimination, but there was there. I mean, yeah. It's well, that's another positive outcome is that the long-term care industry is undergoing some much-needed evaluation, and there are wonderful, dedicated people who work in this field. The culprit here is is that capitalism is taking over the fact that for-profit companies, as with hospitals, have taken them over and wrung out every ounce of profit at human cost. So the workers and the residents and the people who need the care in these facilities come last. And, you know, the problem is structural. So in, in, the, in the long one, though, the pandemic was is, is still around. you saying we're learning from yes. it, and it's being more exposed to help us improve in the coming years in case we have another pandemic that hits the country and the world, right? I, I don't think there's any if. I think it's when. <laughs> I hope we will um, not do the usual incredibly American thing of being totally short-sighted. I hope our political leaders have the principle to put, um, you know, um, systems in place that will benefit their successors. I mean, that's part of the problem. No one wants to, you know, in that that's why we didn't support the CDC all these years was no no one wants, no politicians didn't want to waste their political capital on, on backing something that would benefit millions of people down the line, but which whoever was in office would get the praise for instead of them. You know, we need to think bigger and more generously. That is true. Well, thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to educate us. Uh, again, her website is www.thischairrocks.com. The book is This Chair Rocks, A Manifesto Against Ageism. It can be um, seen and ordered from Amazon.com, or you can go to her website as well. And again, it's on the Best of Times News.com website. So again, thank you for joining us today. You were quite informative, and I'm, I'm hopefully... I will help, and I know all, many of my listeners will help in this anti-aging movement to uh, help, help uh, curtail it throughout our wonderful country and wonderful world. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Okay. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our radio show and supporting us by our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of The Best of Times at one of our locations throughout the area. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas wishing you and yours the best of times, both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.